Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents to share their stories about raising special needs children. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and Katie MD, and tonight we have the honor of bringing you a fellow Ohio mama and another autism advocate, Lindsay Althouse. So, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. So Lindsay, um, this episode is going to be a little different because we want to talk about a current event, which we have not yet done, but I think it is so important to bring awareness and shed light and really um, start these conversations because um, a lot of people aren't really sure what the background is and why these decisions are being made. So I really think um, that it's important to bring light to this. So before we get into the current event that we will be talking about, could you introduce yourself, uh, Lindsay, for anyone who may not be following your journey and your story yet? Of course, I am Lindsay Althouse. I live in Northwest Ohio, about, what, three hours from you, two and a half? Mm-hmm. Um, from Amanda, uh, we live in a tiny little village and I help run the Althouse life with my husband, Jeremy. I do most of the writing and he does all the background stuff. So I feel like he deserves some of the credit. So yeah, the Alt House Life, we're on Instagram, Facebook. So yeah, we have uh, two kids, um, Whitman who has autism, epilepsy and apraxia. And then uh, our daughter, Genevieve, who is just a spitfire and keeps us on our toes. So I'm excited to be here. So, um Lindsay, you recently wrote um, about what we want to talk about, and it is centered around um, decisions for PCAs or personal care assistance and athletes in the upcoming Paralympics. So could you talk about that a little bit, and then we'll get into the discussion of the meat, I guess, of the article. Of course. Um, I wrote about uh, Becca Myers is a Paralympian. And she was at the Rio Olympics and they did not have enough PCAs for her. So she went a extended period of time without eating, drinking, because nobody would help her find where the dining hall was, like just basic care. And she um, she has Hunter's syndrome, is that correct? Uh Usher, 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 yes, usher yeah. syndrome, usher syndrome, which is, um, she is deaf and losing her sight. Yes, so yes. she's very, very limited sight. So she had no help to get her to where she needed to go. Her parents had not seen her or heard from her in a couple of days. So they went to the, um, dormitory where she was staying and found her laying on the floor. And after that, they took matters into their own hands, went to the Olympic committee and said, hi, my wife is now um, Becca's PCA. And the Olympic committee said, great, that's fine. And after that, Becca doubled her winnings in everything because she had the care that she needed. She was able to find the places she needed to go, even internationally. She became well-known enough that she began to swim with Katie Ledke, the like biggest name right now in women's swimming. And her coach, um, things kind of changed after COVID. And then coming, fast forwarding to the 2021 Olympics, she was informed 
that she was not going to have a PCA just for her. Her mom could not go and be her PCA because of, and they said because of COVID. And they said because of Japanese regulations. Yes, Japanese regulations and COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, they, uh, her parents began to fight for it. Um, They said, uh, don't worry, she'll be well taken care of. There's going to be one PCA for the whole swim team. And that was, I think 33 or 34 people. And then they said to the coaches should help. Like, but if you think about it, you have 34 people on a team. There are two or three coaches. Like what coach is going to leave a swimmer in the water to go walk away? And 33 people to one PCA just sounds like insanity to me. Absolute insanity. Um, So her parents would not take no for an answer. And they did their own investigating which led them to the Secretary of State in Maryland, who then talked to the Japanese embassy. Japanese embassy, American embassy came back and said, hey, it's not the Japanese. If uh, the American Olympic team would just make PCAs essential workers, they would be able to do it. So then Becca's parents went back and started fighting for it again, to which, um, the American Olympic Committee kept backpedaling and saying, well, it's the Japanese, it's not us. And different things, it turned into a he said, she said. Um, at one point in the article, Becca talks about how uncomfortable she felt because everybody kept talking over her while she was trying to advocate for her own needs by herself, mm-hmm. which is fairly common, I feel. Um, So then uh, it basically just came down to Becca being like, hey, I've won these medals. I've worked hard. I deserve to be here, but these rules, I'm done Mm -hmm. and walked away, which is heartbreaking because she, it's not like she barely made the team and she was new and didn't know what the Olympics were. Like she's been through it. So she left, but the one in 33 is what just has me like, trying to comprehend because that's illegal in a nursing home that would well and think about a classroom think about the ratio in a classroom yeah um so her mom um i read a cnn article and her mom said i'm just there to whisper in her in her ear it's on your left it's on your right i guide her i take care of her i don't have anything to do with the pool that's all her and the coaches but they really have to have staff that knows how to orient and take care of these kids. Yeah. And I think it comes down to A, safety, mm-hmm. B, quality of life. Why are they less than? Right. Why do you feel they don't deserve the care to make sure that they're eating, they're going to the bathroom, they're getting dressed, they're able to do all of the things that they can do at home? Why should this environment be any different? Right, exactly. And that was what I was thinking. And my husband like pointed out that, you know, if Michael Phelps would have swimmer ear and wouldn't be able to hear or had some type of eye infection, but could still do his routes, they would have hired a care person to help him in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, and she, this girl is like being compared as like this amazing swimmer. And they're just like, oh, you, you deserve one PCA mm-hmm. for the whole team, the whole team. Like that's 
33 to 34 different disabilities, different schedules, different yeah, different schedules, different needs. Mm-hmm. That PCA is not going to be able to be up 24 seven for two weeks to ensure that everybody gets to where they need to be. Like that just sounds, my stress level is high for that PCA. Like, well, and who can you really serve? It's like, she's going to have to choose one and decide whose needs are the highest so that she can serve one person at a time. And you can't say, okay, well, I'm going to schedule an hour with you and then an hour with you. Guess what? There's one of her and 33 people. You can't even schedule an hour a day, not to mention meal times fluctuate, practice times fluctuate, competition times fluctuate. How? How? Exactly. So Meyer said the decision to withdraw was heartbreaking and it felt like her five years of training was all for nothing. I can't even put into words. I haven't been sleeping well. I haven't been eating. I'm just torn apart. Swimming is a part of who I am. It's given me identity as a person. I've always been known as Becca the swimmer, not Becca the deaf blind person. And now I feel very worthless as a person. And I mean, we're all moms here. Yeah. How have we come so far in the time of individuals with disabilities and this is where we're at? Sorry, no. Yeah, sorry, you get one PCA. Like She said Myers said she wants the USOPC to make changes because Paralympic athletes especially those who are blind or visually impaired need more resources. I am standing up so that future generations never have to feel the pain that I felt and that no one on Team USA should ever feel afraid. So we have to think about the other 32 athletes. Some of them may not have a voice. Some of them may not have parents who are still living. Some of them may not be able to dedicate the time to speaking up for themselves. She is taking on this role. All of us have done these things because we want to see change. And it's so heartbreaking because this poor girl has worked her whole life. She started swimming when she was six, I think it said. And it's all been taken away. And then there are 32 or 33 other athletes who know they are going without the care they need, who know that they are going without a team member, and what, and what? Katie, you're being awfully quiet for someone who loves to voice her opinion on these things. So, as you know, someone, I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin because it's so, it's so mind-blowing to me that they're just doing nothing. Nothing's being done. Like the whole entire time I was reading it, I was like fighting back tears along with like this like anger of how as a parent can I use my voice? Mm -hmm. Because these are Paralympic athletes. Like we will sit down and watch this with Whitman in hopes that like he sees that there are people like him. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. America, like this committee couldn't even like care less about it could care less about it yep. and that's what's so sad is we in america aren't even giving the respect to paralympians that they deserve then what's joe schmo in the middle of the 
Midwest getting as a disabled adult or just like and that's exactly it that's exactly it as a as a country as mamas and parents and teachers of children who have disabilities this is the best we can do I don't think that's I call bull I call bull I know that's how I feel like I want to know why and what and how I would love to see the paperwork to prove that it was show me the paperwork please excuse me can you show me the policy please we are taking it back to IEP 101 show me the policy exactly (laughs) show it to me show it to me um when Jeremy and I were talking about possibly getting engaged he had a fun and he kept telling me it was classified and like he wouldn't let me like ever look in that like classified fun and I was like it's not classified and he goes I want you to go someday to some national thing and say let me see the paperwork and have them say it's classified and have you say it is not classified and that's how I feel about this like I want to see where the um, Japanese Olympic Committee said that PCAs couldn't be there I would like to see where they they said that because I don't I'm sure that every Japanese disabled adult that is going to be in the Paralympics in a few weeks will have a PCA and then there will be the Americans with one person running around making sure that everybody's getting there. So yes, I would like to go back to IEP 101 and I need to see the paperwork. Like I need, I want to know where, where the ball was dropped and how we can fix it. Yes. You know, kind of going back to what you had said, Amanda, about how we've came so far. And I think sometimes different places of the world have came farther in certain aspects than other places have. And it's a it's a sad reality, but it's true. And, you know, all of us are parents here and, and moms and we think, you know, it's 2021 and in 2021, we should have inclusion and there should be support where, um, you know, a child or an adult or a teen or whatever needs it, be it at the Olympics or be it in the classroom. If they need support, why aren't they getting it? But what the problem is, and and of course, there's probably somebody that's going to be like, oh my God, why did she say that? But, you know, us as parents, us as moms, we're like, our kids deserve the best. Our kids you know, deserve to have every opportunity just like anyone else. But the problem is, is to convince others, others that are not, not like us, others who don't live a day in the life of, you know, any of our shoes. That is the problem. So while moms like us that have kids with additional needs or that are on the spectrum think, you know, this is wrong, well, it is wrong, but it's convincing rest of the world. It's convincing rest of, you know, other people that live in different communities or different countries that it needs to be this way. That, you know, not just children, but teens and adults right through their entire lifespan, that if they need to be supported and need to be helped, that there is the, you know, fair support there is equal equal chance for them to gain and succeed and everything else so 
really that's where I always see the issue or the, uh, the problem when we when we talk about school or we're talking now about you know the Olympics and you know we see it we we know that something is wrong with it but it's rest of the world that does it rest of the world that doesn't get why that needs to be that way so I think for this you know we say we want the best this boils down to basic human rights to eat to be able to navigate their world like 1000% I want the best for my for my son and we all want that this boils down to basic human rights you can't send a person out into the world who understands their needs and saying well sorry you just can't have the support i don't i don't understand and i'll never understand because that's just how i am who, who i am but this this girl this woman has worked harder than anyone could probably ever imagine and you're stripping everything away from her because you're telling her her needs are not important enough enough not best just enough we're not giving her anything we're giving her one person to serve 33 people who all have needs to some extent. That's not fair to her. That's not fair to the one who was hired. That is not fair to the 33 other PCAs who know these athletes like the back of their hand, I'm sure. I just, I don't understand how they made a decision and how that, how they justify, how do you justify? Because they're passing blame. That's how, that's mm -hmm. how. Yeah, that's how they sleep at night. They're as just I, like as I talk in a circle, it comes back. They passed the buck. They tried to blame the Japanese COVID mm -hmm. protocols. It then got pushed back and forth and back and forth. But I think it's easier and and when we talk about this or talk about anything to do with, you know, any of our kids regardless of where we live, it is easier to pass the blame onto somebody else than to take responsibility and to have some empathy and have some understanding of why you know something needs to change or that something is not being properly addressed it is easier and people like easy it is the sad truth people like the easy way and the easy way for you know just what we're talking about now about the olympics it is easier on you know what they were doing in their system and everything else to ignore it and be like, yes, the mom, you know, the mom can take the, you know, she can take the reins right now because that is easier on them. And, you know, I think there will come a time there when I have no idea, but I think there will come a time where other countries and different places, you know, even across the States or in Canada here, like that will come to terms with when a client when a teen an adult a child needs to be supported and needs to be given you know support for basic human needs that they will get it will will it happen in the next year will it happen in the next five i have no idea but i think for us since we're all moms 
to keep having these conversations and keep talking about what isn't happening or why isn't it happening or what do we need to do for something to change because nothing is going to happen no change is going to come at all if we are leaving it up to the people who have atypical kids that nothing will happen if we are leaving it up to the people who have never been um you know around special needs that nothing will happen nothing will change nothing you know so for us as parents and you know moms like we have to have these conversations we have to talk about what our kids aren't able to access you know be it something in the classroom or be it basic human needs and why why that's unfair and why it's wrong and why it shouldn't be happening because i think a lot of the time people don't even realize it's happening and you know we talk about this you know this news article and what's you know current events right now but there's hundreds of things that have happened way before this and there's going to be hundreds after and the only way it changes is if we keep talking about it and we keep advocating and having some of these you know hard, hard discussions hard conversations uh-huh so lindsay in your um piece you wrote um when the committee was questioned by becca she was talked over they didn't even allow her to speak on her own behalf and advocate they treated her life as if it was less than they never once asked disabled athletes what they needed to be successful they just assumed made rules and moved on and i think that's the biggest that's one of the biggest problems well if we just provide one person then we're covered if we just add in it's like okay what's the bare minimum and that's what we're rolling with and i these athletes worked their butts off they trained and they are disciplined and they have dedicated their life to their their sport and now you're just saying what's the bare minimum that we can provide how does that add up how is that how is that equal or fair or right or all these words that you know are floating words like appropriate and blah 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 but who made like you said who made this decision where was this policy what was the decision making process how can you break down 33 athletes needs did you look at that did you write down each athlete's name and ask them what their needs were to figure out what that really looked like on a workload i'm guessing not i'm guessing not <laughs> well realistically we can you know you guys know just as well as i know that the chances of them looking at every individual need and the chances of that happening like it just it wouldn't and they probably didn't and well, that and like, that's one other problem when that's like i said did they write down every athlete's needs no that's not how it should have been done even speaking like there are ways to improve they should have had a group discussion a committee a zoom meeting whatever and said what are your needs what does your pca do for you on a day to day basis because maybe you don't need to take 33 okay we're in special needs world we are all about compromises right you learn you shoot for the moon 
<laughs> and then you know what you're actually going to take, right? So maybe we don't need 33. I get that. But let's say one of her needs was she needs an emotional service dog. You're going to take one for 33 people? Probably not. Probably not. Was that discussed? Was that looked at? Because I'm sure that's needed by some, some people. You're just going to lump one for the whole group? Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. It doesn't. The longer we talk, the more fired up I get. Sorry. I know. Like, the more <laughs> you think about it, I've been fired up for three days about this. Like, yeah. I've, like, come gung-ho's towards Jeremy about it. And he's mm -hmm. just like, hey, right. cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, the more you think about it, and the more you think about it, like, as a special needs mom, the more fired up you get. Like, how, how does this apply? Like, how is this okay? How, at the end of the day... Is this okay? Like, and it makes me want to like research now and see who gets a PCA in track and field. Right. And I are... almost messaged Loverly Gray because her brother is going to the Tokyo Paralympics and just said, hey, can you ask your brother about PCAs? Correct. Well, and what are other countries doing? What are yeah. other countries doing? Because Lindsay, you said this, um, I bet you Tokyo has one per. Mm-hmm because it's not clearly their policy. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I want to um, read you a quote um, by Becca's mom, because I think um, that all of us can say, you know, there is advocating and then there is emotion in advocating. And when it is for my own child, I cannot separate the two. I just can't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I get um, sassy and snarky mm -hmm. and, you know, so and Becca's mom did it better than I could have, but I want everyone to just know what she said because I want to, um, I think it puts into perspective why her daughter needs one-to-one -one care. Uh, Becca's mom was quoted saying, I'd love to wrap something around their eyes, stick something in their ears and drop them in the middle of the village and say, okay, now go find yourself a pool. Good luck. Yeah, I read that quote and said, preach Mama Myers. Like, right. Exactly. Yes. And like, then, that's... and then, worry. Make sure that um, you ate and you got up on time, and um, that you made it to the training facility, and then also the competition. And make sure you're wearing the right uniform. And blah blah yes. blah 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 blah. blah. It's yeah. not just find your way there and then you're there. It's then find your way back and find your way to the dining hall and a multitude of other things. Now, yes, they're they are going to be there as a team, but this shouldn't be a time to challenge how adaptive can they be when they need to be quote unquote in the zone this is their competition this is their life like this isn't a time to be like well let's just test it and see like how adaptive we can be no yeah no it's like yes it's teamwork but swimming isn't unless you're in a relay it's not a team thing so your 400 freestyle could be at 7 a.m and then you might not race again for three days so what you're just gonna sit at the pool for three days and wait for the next one because you have nobody to take you back to where you need to be right. because that one pca is so overwhelmed she forgot you like what What's well, and, and that's not her fault like right exactly no that's not me like pointing fingers and saying right. oh absolutely you, right but, like, but, but that's like what could happen easily one thousand percent 
1,000%. I can barely keep two kids' schedules on, so let alone 33. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. They, there needs to be better. There should be best. This is bare minimum, in my opinion. This is what's the least we can do and just have our bases covered. Right. And it's on the world stage, which is sickening and embarrassing. And then makes you as a special needs parent, worry about what your kid's future is. If this is what they can offer Paralympians, like. Well, and that's the thing. So CNN is covering this. Today is covering this. USA Today, they're all covering this. Yeah. What about but you? How, how long though? Like that's, and I know when you said that we were going to talk about this and that was one of like the first things that came into my head they are all covering it so all eyes are on this you know current event right now but are all eyes going to be on it long enough that change will come that something you know something will actually happen or will all eyes be on it for you know a week maybe a month and then nothing changes you know that is what i find sad is when something does make the news and people are aware and it is public knowledge about what is going on and then nothing changes there is nothing i i want to say there's nothing sad sadder than when the rest of the world gets a look into what our lives are like our our kids lives are like and how bloody hard parents have to advocate for their kids and fight for their kids for basic needs and you know no one's aware about it and then it goes in the news and then a good chunk of the time nothing happens and you know when we're talking specifically about this and something that just kind of I had thought of right before we started is that talking about less than and I think so quickly the rest of the world sees a lot of our kids less than well because they're diagnosed with autism you know they probably can't do that but then as quick as they're thinking that that our kids can't do something they would never offer the support they would never offer the help or they would never give our kids a chance to succeed um and something that i've seen firsthand here is that there is numerous um amazing programs here that help just these amazing individuals that have Down syndrome, autism, CP, all train for sporting events um, on a very much smaller scale. And that is always something that is in the mix is that all of these teens and all of these adults are treated less than and aren't even given a chance to say order a meal when they are all out and not even asked you know do you want to go to the washroom anything like that and a few summers ago I was with one of the groups and one of the gentlemen he was an amazing bowler absolutely amazing and really smart and could you would ask him something and he could totally respond but nobody nobody would take the time or cared to ask him, you know, do you need to go to the washroom before we leave and get back on the bus? Would you like to have supper? 
he didn't have breakfast, he didn't have lunch, and he didn't have supper. And it wasn't till the next day did anyone know. And it's stuff like that that happens all the time. And I'm sure, you know, just like you guys live in the States, we live in Canada, it happens all over the world. And there is only so many that make the news. And it makes me sad. It makes me sad that these things happen and the ones that you know are public and do kind of have a light shined on them nobody cares they might care for a week but not anything longer than that and it and it's hard it's really really sad so i think a couple important points um so the usopc made a statement and they said the decisions we've made on behalf of the team have not been easy and we are heartbroken for athletes who are unable to have their previous support resources available. We are confident in the level of support we will offer Team USA and look forward to providing them a positive athlete experience even in the most unprecedented times. The one care person um, has 11 years of experience with para swimmers and that person will be supported by 10 other staffers, not 10 other PCAs, 10 other coaches who have other things going on. That is their job. Their job is to coach. And I respect that and I understand that. But how can you feel confident in your level of support when like Katie, you said he didn't have lunch, he didn't have supper, nobody knew till the next day because they didn't ask, because they didn't ask. Same thing here. They didn't but ask. That's, what they, they that's didn't. the difference. That's the difference right there. That what you just read, we know what that means. That those 10 other people have other things to do. But someone who is not part of the special needs community, someone who is not affected by, you know, having a child with autism, you know, whatever it may be, they look at that, what you just read, and are like, they're doing amazing. There's 11 people to 33 athletes, right? We are winning. That's what they're, when they're reading that, like we are winning. And then you have parents like us that either hear that or read that. And we're like, what is happening? Like, yeah. why, why is this even a thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. It's all about um, context. And if you don't live this life, you don't know. Um, and I say that because I didn't, before this was my life, I didn't know. Um, and I think it's so important that this story is getting attention but like you said for how long and who else is going to speak out because as we all know it's the more attention that you can bring the more discussions that happen and if she is the only one who is speaking out and that is very brave of her i i don't want to downplay that at all it's just harder when it's one fighting for everyone and i think that you know, we take, we talk about this situation in current events, but it is very much the kind of outline for other situations that happen. It is not that they are the only family that has been affected by this. It is that they are the family that is being, you know, spotlighted right now. And other families are too scared to say anything, too scared to talk about what's going on. I cannot even count on my hands and toes and everybody that lives in my house, their hands and toes, how many times I have been in a situation or known about a situation where other families, they're like, this is our story. This is what we experienced. 
my child wasn't given basic human needs and we are struggling with X, Y, and Z, maybe someone should know about it, but we wouldn't dare tell the story. Correct. Because we don't want anyone to look down on us. They already think less of our family or less of my child because he has additional needs, he has autism. Um, so it's easier for us to not say anything at all because, you know, they, as parents, a lot, a lot of families feel like nobody cares. You know, we could talk, we could share the story, we could, you know, go public with what is going on. We know that it's wrong, but are we going to be judged harder or are we going to be helped? And right. nine out of 10 times, it is always judged harder than helped. And we personally have been in that experience. And there was a point where Avery was really little and his basic needs weren't being met. And I remember it was late, late, like really late at night and the kids were in bed. And I remember saying to my husband, I'm like, what did I do? Was it the right thing for me to say something? And, and there was a moment where I almost questioned, like I did question it. And of course, going forward now, it was like, that was the right thing to do. That like, I, I'm glad that, you know, we had advocated and we, you know, shared our story and everything else. But, you know, sometimes parents don't want to. And, and I think there's a point that us, and, and I'll say for me, and, you know, maybe even Amanda, like, that we have to respect that. Sometimes I find myself having a really hard time with it. A parent will decide not to share their story or not to fight for something or not to push a, a certain matter. And there's like this little like voice in my head that's like yelling and it's like, make them fight. I know. Like, you know, and, and it's really hard sometimes for me anyways, to come to terms with not everyone is as loud as me. Not everyone is as blunt as me, not, you know, I have a hard time with that because I just always see it from my, very much from my view, where it's like, if you fight and you advocate and you push and you don't stop, even though it's exhausting to constantly do that, something has to happen. There has to be a silver lining. There has to be some good in all of this. Well, and Lindsay and I talked about this earlier. What about the moms who are tired? Because it happens. You fight and you fight and you speak up and you think you're making change and nothing happens. And eventually you just get burnt out. And I mean, this life is a marathon. And if you start sprinting, how are you ever going to stay in the game forever? I mean, I hate to say that, but look at how many moms came before us and have told us like, I can't do it anymore. I don't have any fight left because just like this, we think that we've made change. We think we've come so far and then something like this happens and you're like, but we're no, things are no different. People still aren't asking. People still aren't seeing our children. People still aren't making sure that they are accommodated and they are in a better place because it's the bare minimum still. And it's, you just get, discouraged and burnt out and you know because so many of us are brave and share our stories and even the people who are listening and you share this out or you share an article or you put an autism sticker on your car for crying out loud you're at least making people think 
you are making them stop and think and click and look and listen. And that's what we have to do. Even if you are not going to type your life out on the internet, even if you are not going to stand on your soapbox in the middle of the town square and yell and preach and hand out pamphlets, small acts can make a big difference because this one girl was brave enough to speak out and share. And I hope that she is encouraging enough people to find their confidence to share too, because everyone deserves better than they are getting right now. Yes, so, a hundred percent. Yeah. Now that I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> I just, I feel I like you're a- really, really exact there. So I was envisioning you in the village and the pamphlets and was this like, you know, something that happened, you just feel no. like you're sharing it on the podcast now or? No, but if it needs to happen, there is the game plan. There, it, it's all, all the pieces are ready. I just need like a t-shirt. I do have a megaphone. The dance girls got me one of those. So I have that. Like I'm headed to- I can to up your pamphlets tonight. What do you want them to say? Click now, share now. Click now, share. <laughs> so, Lindsay, as we wrap up, Um, because I think we could talk about this for days on end. And I hope um, that there are other athletes who speak out so that we can continue this conversation so we can get um, better support. And I hope that they tell Becca how brave she was because she is. And I mean, she's advocating for herself. That's all we want for our children, right? We want them to advocate. And she's doing that and she's doing that gracefully and she's doing that well. So I guess, what do you, what would you, what do you think is next step, Lindsay? If you had advice for a mama or a a child who they feel like they just can't keep going, this isn't right. It doesn't have to be the Paralympics, just anything. What what do you wish they would do? I think that um, at least with me, whenever we have a problem, I am very much an emotional person, and I like. I fight on emotion. I get a burn in my gut and I just go with it. So a lot of times that's not the greatest way of getting stuff done. So I would say, take a step back, look at your situation and figure out who you need to team up with. My um, grandpa always said, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So, and I have lived by those, those words since like in my adult life. It's not what you know, it's who you know. So you don't have to know, you don't have to know at all. You don't have to have all of the answers before you find a voice. You find the right, you find your people. And I am a firm believer, I say it on my blog all the time. If you find your people and you love them hard and you need something, they will take care of you. And it just like, it's super awkward and weird how it all comes together. But it comes together and all of a sudden, like, you find this voice that you've had. You've always had it. And it's because you've found the right people to team up with. So your voice is heard in a different way. So I think that if you're struggling and you're trying to figure out your voice, and you're trying to find it out, sit back, take a beat for a minute, find your people and work together. Because I think that there's safety in numbers. So Dr. Seuss always says, if you or said once in um, one of his books, that if people don't, if people have to care a whole awful lot. And if they don't, nothing's going to happen. It's just not something like that. 
I had it in my head. It did not come out right. But oh, anyway. Oh, can I say one thing before we wrap yeah. up that goes off of your, it's who you know. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell my favorite story of all. Okay. Time. So, um, Lindsay and I are working on partners in policymaking because Ohio, you know the story, <laughs> tell now. That's all I had to say to set it up, right? Um, so we're working on partners in policymaking in Ohio because Ohio is like one of six or seven states that does not have a program currently running. So Lindsay and I are emailing um, senators and state reps and anyone who will talk to us and anyone who will listen and um, the ARC and the Department of Developmental Disabilities, like all of these people, like we are old school knocking on doors to get to these people. And um, I couldn't get my local state rep, sorry, but John Jones, wouldn't call me back. <laughs> he wouldn't call me back. He wouldn't email me back. So Lindsay's um, local rep got on the phone with us and we told him, you know, sorry, but Amanda's rep won't call her back. And he's like, all right, let's call him. So we're on a Zoom. Number one, not expecting it to be the actual rep because everyone else had just given us interns. And here he is and with his cup of coffee giving us every ounce of his attention and doing it so beautifully and he calls my state rep on his cell phone and says hey i have amanda from your <laughs> area and she can't get you to call her back and i just want to let you know what they're doing and why you won't call her back and let's just set it up and i mean Lindsay and i are like jaws on the floor cracking it up laughing the best day ever like so again it's who you know because it he is he just called him. He knew he would answer mm -hmm. and there it was. And it was um, probably one of the favorite things of my lifetime because it was just one of those, is this really happening? Is this really happening? Is this what's happening right now? Moments. And it was amazing. Glorious. So. The best part of it was that the meeting got done and Jeremy was on the phone with his mom and he goes, Lindsay was in a meeting today and the rep that she was talking to called out another rep and he goes never seen anything like it and my mother-in-law was like only Lindsay," and i was like exactly yeah. like it was the most beautiful thing it was so, so who you know um and it was all handled in kindness and, and good humor yeah there wasn't anything there wasn't like <laughs> drama it was hilarious like the my rep for Roz, um had set it up like hey man how's your golf game by the way i'm currently on this zoom right now with one of your former high school students because he's he wondering what she did wrong because you won't call her back right like, yeah. it was glorious it was. like i wish we were, were recording that zoom so we can say what you do for politicians because it was amazing so it's just i feel like every time you tell that story it gets better it, it probably does. Sometimes I'm real quick on it. Sometimes I drag it out. Like, you know, you got to feel like now you have the background, Katie, of like what was happening on my end. So it's glory. It's perfection. It was so good. So, it was. So it, good. was. it was so amazing. Like but, I've never, ever laughed and sat in a meeting like so wide eyed. Like what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. With Monroe sitting beside me with a puke bowl because she was home from school sick. Like I'm like, please don't let this Zoom last too much longer because I don't know how much longer we're going to be in the safe zone. So anyway, all of that to say, yes, I think it is who you know, not what you know, and just making phone calls and having conversations and opening, I mean, special education 
children with disabilities, none of that was on his radar, but he was genuinely interested and he wanted to know how he could help and he wanted to know who else we could call and gave us suggestions. And it's just starting those conversations because change needs to happen across the board. There's so many things that we could talk about. And you, I mean, if you're a special needs mama and you're listening, you know what these changes are too. There are so many, you can't even count, but starting to have those conversations, starting to share and speak and be brave. Be brave like Becca. That's my next yeah. Be brave like Becca. Love Let's it. Make them. I would wear that and tag her with pride. I love that. Like, we need Copy- to be brave like copyrighted. Becca. I just copyrighted it. No one else can steal it. <laughs> Brave Like Becca, TM by Amanda DeLuca. <laughs> well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank it was you so much for having me. This was fun. Yes, and um, I'm hoping that we can have more current events stories like this because I think they are so important. Um, they are. Bring awareness and get the conversation started. So thank you, ladies, so much. Thank it was you. a pleasure. And thank you all so much. We will talk to you again next week. <laughs>